All right, what is up, you guys? We are back with another pay-per-view review. And this time we have my favorite yearly pay-per-view, Survivor Series. This is my WrestleMania, I guess you want to say. It's always been my favorite pay-per-view, and that's why I'm so upset. How are you doing tonight? Oh, boy. You know what? Let, let me tell you, I didn't watch the entirety of this pay-per-view, but by the time I tuned in, they like, already knew from like the first match I tuned into with, uh, what was it, Sami Zayn and Bobby Lashley, I was just like, what's the point? And then, and obviously leading up to the farewell speech, that was just, well, we're going to get into that. How you doing, guys? Dan Beast 94 here. <laughs> okay, so... <clears throat> Um, let's see. Let's get the match card up. All right. So, uh, the pre-show, we had an 18-man dual brand battle royal. All right. So, I, I got a bitch already because this whole brand versus brand shit is just cringy at this point. I don't even know who's on what brand anymore. We have a draft every six weeks. People, the wild card, I don't know if that's still a thing. You have people appearing on each other's shows. Like, it's just, this brand versus brand shit was great in, like, 2003. But this is worthless now. Like, this is literally worthless. Why are we doing this? And it's just because, oh, it's Survivor Series. We've been doing it for a while now. We gotta have the champions versus the champions. And then have the fucking brand versus brand, the best of the best. That was the tagline of this pay-per-view, and this was sure as hell not the best of the best. But you know what? No matter how bad the product has been the past uh, however many years, Survivor Series is usually one of the better pay-per-views of the year. So, you know, I kind of had some hope here. But uh, unfortunately, that was squandered. And didn't Miz end up winning that match? Like, okay, I understand he's money in the bank, but what's the purpose of him winning that battle royal if he's already got a grand opportunity with the briefcase? Well, it's just like there wasn't even, like, what's the point of having this battle royal? Like, what do you like? No build. Nothing. You have no, like, nothing's on the line. And he eliminated Dominic. Mysterio last. Wouldn't Dominic make more sense to win this? Like, because I, I said going in, I'm like, while they're doing the entrances and shit, I was like, all right, it's either Miz or Dominic. I was like, but Dominic, I think, is kind of the obvious choice. But <laughs> fuck the obvious choice. So, yeah, this was just. And like I said, they didn't even like keep score, like nothing this year. Like, it's just like, why even? It's just dwindling every year that they have this. Like, well, you know what? You know what I find so stupid, though, but so funny. It's like, what's the point of invading, you know, somebody else's show when your guys are practically going to be in the same arena week after week after week? Oh, God. All right. So we had the uh, opening package and everything and the opening match. Okay. So, you have the opening match of Survivor Series be the men's elimination match. That's like your main attraction right there. That's what everything's building to. That's That should be the tiebreaker. You know, that should be that big match that everyone's looking forward to. 
But no. We're going to put it as the opening fucking match. I was so pissed off. This is the most pissed I've been in a while. And it, it may sound stupid to some people, but that's like having, I don't know, having the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, but you have the one Hell in a Cell match in the opening match. That's what that, that's what that is. Because this has been the gimmick since, like, what, 87? Like, yeah. like, that was your selling point. And this is my favorite match of the year. The one match I look forward to. Probably the only match I look forward to anymore. And you just wasted it. It only went 19 minutes and 25 seconds. We had... Oh, God. We had AJ Styles, Braun Strowman, Keith Lee, Riddle, Sheamus, mm. with with Osmos. Uh, I don't really know who that is. I don't that's know who his that name? Is. Yeah, I don't know who that oh, is. Oh, that's... Um... Okay, so if you guys don't know who that is, that is AJ Styles' new uh, bodyguard, so to bodyguard? say. Which, which I don't know why he needs needs a bodyguard. I, I mean, God forbid, why would you release the Good Brothers anyway? And uh, Team SmackDown was Jey Uso, Kevin Owens, King Corbin, Otis, and Seth Rollins. Yeah, you know what? First of all, I didn't like that whole segment. Right in the beginning, you know, Seth basically just sacrifices himself. Everybody on the SmackDown team is just like, dude, what the fuck? And, you know, back in the day, SmackDown, I would say, was the more superior Survivor Series team. Uh, especially back in the day. But nowadays, it's, you know, it's such a big fluke. And the way, the way I see it, if, if you were to have switched... The main event with this event, I think things could have met at a different end, but obviously that wasn't the case. You know what this was? This was bragging rights, 2020. This wasn't Survivor. Yeah. This wasn't Survivor Series. I am, I, I'm mourning the death of Survivor Series tonight because this was bragging rights, and I will be calling it bragging rights throughout this entire review from now on. So, Bragging Rights 2020, um, we had Team Raw with a sweep. They sweeped. Like, literally, there was no competition here. Um, we just had you know, Jey Uso was the last surviving member. And then Keith Lee uh, got the pinfall, like I said, at 19 minutes and 25 seconds. Um, Kevin Owens was eliminated by AJ Styles. Riddle. Riddle me this, guys. Um, my favorite comic book villain. But, um, yeah, Riddle defeated King Corbin. Braun Strowman defeated Otis. And then, like I said, Keith Lee defeated Jey Uso. Honestly, this was just sad. And like you said, Seth Rollins, he only lasted six minutes and five seconds. And I was surprised. You know what? It's such a clusterfuck because for Team SmackDown, you have two guys who are probably better as tag team competitors than singles competitors. And then continuing on, we had the Street Profits. We all know how much I love them. Versus the New Day. Champions versus Champions tag team match. And, yeah, this is the only time I've ever rooted for the New Day. So that's something. Well, you know what? I think usually when it comes to New Day matches um, against certain individual tag teams, I, I always believe they put on a good pay-per-view card rather than a main show card 
Um, obviously, we've seen in the past between you know numerous battles with the New Day and the Usos. Um, this was okay. I mean, I I didn't mind it, but I still can't bear the fact that okay, you switch both teams uh, to different brands, and instead of just doing this whole you know tournament where it's like, hey, you know, let's crown new tag team champions. It's like, want to switch? Want to trade? You know, what is this, fucking Pokemon cards? You know, like, hey, let's trade. It's it's stupid. There's no build-up. To be and fair. And you know what? Here's another thing that fucking baffles me. Where the fuck was Biggie? I know he's not on Raw, because obviously he's been on SmackDown now, as they divided this whole New Day uh, faction. For now. For now. Unless they pull, like, a Bubba Ray and Divine, and they're like, oh, fuck, let's put these guys back together within another couple months. But where, where's Biggie? You know, like, he could have been in a Survivor Series match. Um, yeah, because he was this uh, this new singles push. Um, and it's just like... Now, to be fair, I don't watch the weekly television, so I don't know what he's been doing, but... Wouldn't you want this renewed singles push to be on one of your big four pay-per-views? Even you know he, what? And that's the thing, too. Like, if he were to have been a part of that SmackDown team instead of somebody like Otis, you know, the big fucking ham, uh, I probably would have preferred him. And he probably could have led the team to a much... Um, Higher ratio. I mean, I'm pretty sure they still would have probably got swept or at least gotten one elimination. But I mean, if you're really looking forward to just splitting up a faction with no common purpose, obviously they did that with Tucker and uh, Otis. I mean, Tucker, God forbid, you seen his first singles match. Guy looked like a jobber. What kind of, you know, but it's like there's no purpose. If you're going to split up a tag team, make it with a purpose. You know, build some frustration up. Biggie wants a WWE title shot. Never got that opportunity when Kofi was champion. Have him turn on the New Day. Have him big this big, giant monster heel that he was back, I don't know, probably when he debuted in, what was it, 2012, 2013? He was fucking escorting Dolph Ziggler and elbowing AJ Lee in the chest. Um, yeah, you know? Come on now. Oh, God. Yeah, we saw the Street Profits go over here. And, I mean, this was a better match than I probably would have hoped for. Uh, it was very back and forth. And I I wouldn't be surprised if you said this was match of the night, honestly. I think it was the most entertaining match, at least. Which isn't saying much for bragging rights 2020. But... You know, it, it is what it is. And next up, we had the match that everyone was fucking looking forward to. We had Bobby Lashley, your United States champion, which I forgot that title even existed. And then we have him facing Sami Zayn. Okay, here here's another fucking rant. You know, Sami Zayn, yes, he's facing Bobby Lashley. But here's another fucking point. You have... Hurt business. Okay, I, I understand this is like a championship clash between two separate brands. But, again, you're missing another valuable piece to this pay-per-view 
that probably could have made it a lot more, you know, probably a little bit better, you know, for a bragging rights pay-per-view. I mean, the pay-per-view has been dead for about, what, 10 years now? Um, why not have uh, Retribution take on the Hurt Business? Oh, what was the point of having this, you know, Tim Zane versus Bobby Lashley match? Now, I know a lot of people are not a fan of this current product. But uh, as of you know, you and me included, and Rick and JJ. But still, it's one of those things where Retribution is a key. Our key characters in the main storyline. You bring them up to the main roster. You know, you you know, you're foreshadowing all these fights with the Hurt Business. But yet, I don't even think the Hurt Business have been on a single pay-per-view card since debuting for the main roster. What the fuck is the point? Yeah, you easily could. How many How many members are there? I don't even fucking know. There's, but, okay, so what, what the fuck is there? There's Ali, there's Slap, uh, fucking Slap, or well, what the fuck is his name? Slapjack? Slapjack, something. T-Bar. Blowjob. Uh, I don't know. Fucking Mortal Kombat characters. Uh, hey, but, don't you insult know Mortal Kombat, it, it, all right? Listen, I, lo- I love Mortal Kombat. You know, I don't, I play Mortal Kombat on a daily basis. But uh, Rain's my favorite character. Let's just put it that way. But um, Oh, man. Probably, anyway, uh, probably Baraka for me. Uh, going back into wrestling, the reality. Um, yeah. You know, it's like. You could have pulled something off with that instead of having Sammy involved. I mean, why not just have like a pre-opening match or a pre-card match with the IC title on the line? This could have easily been a pre-show match. Yeah, and I think it was a little obvious. <laughs> Sammy Zayn ain't going over here, guys. <laughs> uh, I expected kind of a squash match. This went seven minutes and fifty seconds, so I'm surprised it even went that long. Oh, God. Next up, we had the Battle of the Women's Champions. We had Sasha Banks defeating Asuka at 13 minutes and 5 seconds. Okay, now, this, I will tell you from what I saw, I didn't think it was bad. I think within the past year, I think Bailey, or not Bailey, Sasha and Asuka have had more better chemistry rather than Asuka and Bailey. The only thing that I didn't like was the turnout of this match was the finish. Them doing all those roll-ups for like 15, 20 seconds, only for Sasha to get the upset victory. Well, here's the problem with this kind of pay-per-view. When you have champion versus champion, you don't want to make one look weak. So you have to have stupid finishes or nothing finishes. You know, you can't do 50-50 booking with two champions. It's just not... Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, the match was fine. It's about what you would expect it to be. But, it, like you said, it was a nothing finish. And and the whole thing about this pay-per-view, there's nothing on the line. You have brand versus brand, but there's nothing on the line. You could easily have, like, an advantage in the Rumble or, I don't fucking know, like, anything. The winner gets the main event of WrestleMania for their brand. Just something. Just something. A fucking... Tro- Bragging rights had a trophy, at least. For fuck's sake. We had a little fucking big-ass trophy that Edge was carrying around. But 
it's just like why like why even bother for your brand why why what are you going in there saying i'm gonna win for my brand tonight but for what why do you want to win just because you look better you're on the other show half the time anyway there's no loyalty here there's no do we have general managers anymore i don't even know like the general managers aren't even fighting like you know what i I don't even recall the last time we actually had like a actual general manager, so to speak. So you know that that kind of leads to an anonymous question: Who's in the fucking show? <laughs> yeah, I, it's just like I remember like Teddy Long and Eric Bischoff were, you know, they would just go at each other for brand supremacy or. Dude, two thousand five was like the best Survivor Series for that. I remember that Monday Night Raw, you know, everybody in the Raw roster who was part of that Survivor Series team was in the ring. Then SmackDown shows up. They all meet in the, they all meet in the parking lot. They have that big stare down, which I wish Eddie Guerrero would have been a part of because that would have been fucking sick. And then they just have a big brawl in the parking lot. Batista goes through a car window, and it's like, you know, I was kind of mad because I was a SmackDown guy. But it was fucking cool. It was cool as shit. Yeah, next up, speaking of, we have Team Raw versus Team SmackDown. The women's match. We have, um, oh, I have to read it. Uh, Lacey Evans, Lana, who, did she go through a table? I don't, no, she didn't. Yeah, no, surprisingly, she did it. Or, yeah, no, no. Oh, God. Yeah, all right, then we have Peyton Royce and Shayna Baszler and Nia Fats. And then we have Team SmackDown. Uh, at least Nia Jax didn't kill anyone this week. We're good here. But um, Team SmackDown, we have uh, Bailey Bianca Belair, who will soon be called Bianca. I'm calling it now. Uh, Liv Morgan, Natalia, and Ruby Riot, who will also probably soon be just called Ruby. Because last names aren't allowed. Uh, well, except for Riddle. <laughs> But, riddle, um, me, riddle me this. Okay. Who's next to lose their last name? Uh, beats me. But, um, you know what? Th- this match, this was a complete clusterfuck. And obviously, if you guys saw the finish, the finish was practically useless. You know, you have Shayna, uh, fucking Nia Fats yelling at Lana, just basically like, oh, stay down here. Stay down here on the steps. Don't you move. And, you know, it, it, it kind of benefited Raw for the win as much as I would have loved to see SmackDown. The finish was stupid. You had Bianca Belair and Nia Jax. Nia Jax takes, like, a big thud over the barricade, which I guess Rick heard a sound. And, you know, I, I thought it was me on the toilet, but I guess it was Nia. Um, but, yeah, you know, they both try to make it back in the ring in time. They're both eliminated. And, the, you know, the ring announcer's just like, oh. And the winner and sole surviving member of Team Raw, Hawana, um, you know, that, that kind of hurts to have that come out of my mouth to say that Lana is actually a sole survivor for a Survivor Series team. I'm calling it now. Lana's winning the Rumble. Uh, she is. She's going to do it. There. She's <laughs> going oh, to win. But, yeah, and then she's probably going to win the title. I guarantee it. But, um... Yeah. So, 
yeah, it's just um, this should have been the opening match. Like, what what the fuck are we doing here? Like, why was I'm still pissed that the men's match was the opener. Like, and this only went well, let's see seven. Oh no, twenty three minutes. It got more time than the men's match did. <sighs> and it's just like this was the most useless teams ever. Lacey Evans, Lana, Nia Jax, Peyton Royce, and Shayna Baszler. If that's not and, the and most worthless. And, and not even that, that being worthless, but like, it's like you have the fact that you have Peyton Royce, who was part of the tag team at one point with Billy Kay, the Iconics, teaming up with Lacey Evans. You break up the Iconics so you that way you can have her team with somebody else. Logic. Logic. It's everywhere. Can't fucking oh, yeah. see it though. So, um, uh, should I go over who eliminated who? All right. So, uh, Bailey was eliminated by Peyton Royce uh, for some reason. Wow. Peyton Royce was eliminated by Natalia. Natalia was eliminated by Lacey Evans. Shayna Baszler eliminated Ruby Riot. Liv Morgan defeated Lacey Evans. Nia Fats defeated Liv Morgan, and then everyone else just kind of eliminated themselves. So, yeah. Pretty much. And uh, you have Lana as the <laughs> sole survivor. I mean, they, they, they built... They, steps. they did build towards it. They did. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised if they have Nia Jax versus Lana at TLC, and you guessed it, a tables match. Holy shit. you only been building it up for eight weeks. Oh, well, they need a reinforced table for Naya. But, uh, the only table she is at is the catering one. But next up, we have Roman Reigns, your universal champion. Which I'm surprised that title's still around. Are the you fruit, Yeah, I used to call it the fruit roll-up title, but it's not red anymore. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, versus Drew McIntyre, champion versus champion singles match. This went 24 minutes and 50 seconds. The crowd chanted, "This is awesome!" So that must mean it was awesome. Crowd. The, t- the TV screens were chanting, guys. Just saying. That's a classic. Okay. Now, here's the thing about this match. The match, I, I think it went on a little bit too long. But I kind of liked the finish. Roman chokes out Drew, but Drew ne- never necessarily tapped out. He never gave up. He passed out. <sighs> yeah. This ain't no Stone Cold and Bret Hart. No, no, but I mean, on a part, I mean, it kind of makes Drew look, you know, they're trying to make Drew look good in some yeah. way. But. Yeah, well, they're just like, oh, it made Stone Cold look good, so let's just, let's just steal the finish. At least it wasn't a sharpshooter. But, right. yeah, I mean, this match, it was very competitive, very back and forth. It had its entertaining moments, but it's more just you're looking at your phone Waiting to see The Undertaker, which um, we'll get to that. But, yeah, like I said, back and forth match. And, like I said, it's the problem with having champion versus champion. You got to make them 
you have to conserve how strong they look and really do something without making the other completely um, worthless. Which is which is what they did, you know. He didn't tap. He he passed out. So that's preserving his momentum, if you want to call it that. So, yeah. Okay. Do we have to talk about the Undertaker segment? <sighs> you know what? If you ain't gonna talk about it, I'm gonna talk about it because I was pretty much just sitting there looking at my screen like, okay. This is probably like the worst farewell I've ever fucking seen. Not only because there was no crowd because of this whole pandemic. Uh, fuck you, 2020 hashtag. Um, what, what the fuck was that shit in the beginning? You know, they got the electric orchestra fucking playing. I'm just like, <laughs> what is this? Like a fucking Undertaker's voodoo doing the magic? Like, I don't fucking understand. And you have Undertaker, which... I felt like Undertaker's entrance took forever, but thank God, I, I hope we never have to go through that again. Wait, 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 hold on. We got to talk about, before we get to him, we have to talk about all of these returning legends. You fly all these people in here, you, oh, have, them, right. you have them stand in the ring, greet and hug each other, and then they're gone. What happened? Where did they go? Okay, You're telling me so... you, you brought Savio Vega back and flew him in there just so he could wave his little flag around and stand in the ring and just poof, they're gone? Like, what was that? You, I hope you didn't pay any of them for that because that and is the know, most. And, and I don't want to hear no bullshit like, oh, it's, the, it's COVID, it's social distancing. There was like at least 20 fucking people in the ring. I don't want to fucking hear that shit. So, yeah. for some of you people who didn't know, uh, obviously, The Undertaker had some pastime, um, like, appreciation guests, I guess you would say, even though they didn't really sat there and acknowledge The Undertaker as he came to the ring. Uh, but there was people like Shane McMahon, Savio Vega, The Godfather, uh, The Godwins, uh, Henry and this, or Midian, you know, Midian from the Ministry of Darkness. Um, yeah, Booker T, which they talked about their 2004 feud, which, you know, how do you expect people like myself, how do you expect people like myself and, you know, you to remember a feud like that? I forgot all about that fucking feud. I remembered Um, it. I mean, I remember somewhat, but it's uh, like, really, Booker T, you couldn't bring out somebody like, I don't know, Kurt Angle or fucking... But uh, yeah, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Kane, who was practically the only guy in his fucking gear. That was fucking pointless. Wasn't Kurt Angle confirmed for this? Uh, he was. Uh, what happened? Not that I'm aware of. Yeah, he was, con- he was confirmed. Yeah. He's been? Yeah, he was confirmed. What the hell happened? So, pretty, pretty much you had the whole Bone Street crew. Backstage friends, you had Shawn Michaels, Triple H, uh, like I said, Kane. Which why would you have Kane come out in his gear? You might as well just have him come out in a you know corporate authority suit. You know, like that would have made a lot more fucking sense. Uh, that fades out. We get a video package of the Undertaker. Uh, we come back, they're all gone, and now you see Vince in the ring. Who, not gonna lie. <sighs> 
he, he looked like a fucking corpse. He looked lost. Like it looked like the Alzheimer's were kicking in. Like he just looked like where the fuck am I? Fuck. Yeah, honestly, it looked like he died like a few months ago, but his body hasn't really computed that, so he's just kind of like on, on strings right now. Like something looks wrong. He looks like he's already in the process of decomposition. Like, and I I hate to say that because this is not the Vince we remember. I mean, it's just everyone gets old, I, you know, obviously. And it looks right. like he just he's he's worked out less. You know, he lost that muscle mass he always had. And it's just it looks like his face is made of latex because I'm sure they have like a one hour makeup process to cover you know up what? The, the liver spots. And I was going to say, that really concerned me, too. Like, his whole jawline. Because I remember his whole jawline used to be full. And now, all of a sudden, it's like his cheeks look sunk in. You can see, like, the flabs on his neck. And you, you can just see, like, the, the glossy look in his eyes, too. Where he's just, like, he's looking around. And it's like, he's like, okay, it's time to get emotional. Even though it doesn't feel like a, an emotional, uh, um, you know, uh, situation, you know, so it's like, uh, that's where it's like, I know there's a lot of people who felt some type of emotion between, you know, this whole segment of, you know, Undertaker, you know, addressing his farewell, but like me, I was just literally sitting there and I was just like, okay, goodbye. I'm not crying. You know, I was expecting something more out of it. Honestly, yeah. I, w- I wasn't expecting no farewell. I was expecting the lights to dimmer down, you know, as soon. All right. Now we're going to get to the good part about this farewell that I actually fucking liked. After he gets done with the whole, oh, it's time for the Undertaker to rest in peace. And then you hear the crowd basically chant it back, even though it was like a synced crowd reaction. You hear that <laughs> fuck as the crowd said peace twice. So that was a big fuck up on their part. You're definitely going to be. You're definitely going to see an edit on the DVD version. No they doubt have, about hey, that. Hey, the crowd has Tourette's, all right? Leave them alone. <laughs> all right. But I like that part where the lights dimmer down. Undertaker gets on one, one knee. And we get that one final send-off from Hologram Paul Bear. I like that. Yeah. I enjoyed that. That, that one, I was kind of like, okay. That, that, that gave me a good feeling inside. Yeah, so, that- that may be more emotional than the entire retirement. <laughs> I was like, oh, Paul Bear, like, fuck. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just like, it was just so, it, it's so fake. Like, it doesn't, but, it didn't feel real. Like, but, and you know, something, the whole thing with this farewell, if you were to switch the ending of this pay-per-view with WrestleMania 33, I think that would have worked out a lot more. It would have been a lot more convenient. Yeah, and it's. I think it's kind of at the point now where it's hard to feel anything for this because we've all been waiting for him to retire for like five years now. So we're just like, oh, finally, you know, because it's all been talked about. It's been speculated. He's retired like 17,000 times at this point. So like WrestleMania 33, I was like, oh. You know, I so I kind of already processed his retirement. So it's just like now I'm just like, all right, is it real now? Like, are you going to come back for Saudi shit show? Like, whenever, you know whatever, whatever so state, sir. I, 
it, it was so crazy too. I think it was on one of the WWE Network specials, or I was watching something, and there was actually people saying that you know Undertaker was looking to retire after like the late nineties because yeah. of all the injury. You know, he was so injury prone by that point that everybody was expecting him to retire by like the late nineties, early two thousands. But mm-hmm. the fact that he kept going the next twenty years. Um, I will say this much. I believe these last couple of years, probably the last 10 years, a little bit over, we've seen the best of the Undertaker in his mid-40s than, you know, any of his other matches when he was like a full-time superstar. Not saying that he had, he didn't have good matches when he was a full-time WWE superstar, but I feel like he put on his best performances prior to him retiring. Yeah, like, my favorite era of The Undertaker is, like, 2007-ish. Like, him and uh, the Batista feud. In 2008, you had the Edge feud. To me, that's when he peaked. Um, I, I don't like the American Badass. I was always in the minority. I fucking hated it. So, like, I think I'm the only one that other than Vince that does not like that gimmick. I hated it. I I just do you like it or hate it? I don't like the American badass, but I liked when he transitioned into Big Evil. Take yeah, well, basically well, after he after well after he cut his hair and everything and they did that whole segment with JR where he's like, "Do you think you're better than me?" cuz the only one who kisses Vince McMahon, uh, Vince McMahon's ass is me. I've been kissing Vince McMahon's ass the longest. And then after that, he just shoves JR's face into Vince's ass with JR's hat on it. He cut his hair. and um, I'm not going to lie. I, I love that Reign of Taker. Um, only because he put over so many young guys at that time. Um we saw the backstage segment with John Cena, like, oh, what's your name, kid? Um, he, he had a match with Randy Orton for the WWE Championship early uh, 2002, right when Orton was starting. I think Orton was like a month or two in into his WWE career, and he actually had a WWE title match on SmackDown. Uh, we saw the epic ladder match on Raw, which basically solidified uh, Hardy's career and where his direction of, you know, where his direction was going um you know there's so many others but that that reign of taker from late 2001 to survivor series 2003 um i'm not gonna lie that was my favorite version of taker and i only say that because that was starting point into watching wrestling traditionally um you know on a daily basis i would have to catch smackdown every week because you know I was still a kid. I couldn't really stay up and watch Monday Night Raw. You know, my mom, yeah, got to get ready for school. You know, shut the fucking TV off. So it's like, all right, no problem. But when it came to SmackDown, you know, those were my uh, those were my days that I looked past. And I'm just like, yeah, that's that's how I remember The Undertaker. Obviously, later on, he would bring back his dead man gimmick, but, you know, revamp it a little bit. But Big Evil Undertaker was always my favorite. Hands down. We failed to mention the gobbledygooker became 24-7 champion. Oh, fuck. You know what? That's how bad this paper was. I forgot all about that because I remember I messaged Rick 
Actually, I messaged in the group chat. I was like, did the Gobbly Googler win the 24 <laughs> 7 championship? Oh my god. <laughs> oh god, what a sad fucking world we live in. <laughs> I mean, that was. I kind of popped for that, though, more than anything else on this pay per view. So, what does that tell you? That probably caught me off guard more than anything. And the way that he lost the title, he basically, you know, got distracted or reeled into a fucking trap with the bird seeds or something, whatever the fuck it was. Um, okay, I, I'm reading an article here where Kurt Angle and Tim White were supposed to appear, and they just for some well, reason didn't. Well, that was the thing. Prior to that Survivor Series event, Tim White took a picture with Undertaker and the rest of the Bone Street crew. Yeah. And yeah, Kurt Angle was confirmed as well as Tim White. So I don't know what happened. Boy, that's uh, that's kind of disappointing to me. But I think Kurt Angle played a big role in the Undertaker's career. Uh, Tim White, uh, I'm not really sure how Tim White played a big role. I mean, obviously down the road in the 90s and early 2000s, but I mean, maybe he finally killed himself. Oh, let's not bring up that series because that's a forgettable <laughs> series. I think it's fucking hilarious. I have a dark sense of humor. I thought it was so, funny. I loved it. <laughs> um, something I also want to mention. This was shocking to me. Vince actually mentioned WWF and name. Did you catch that? I did not hear that. Yeah, he's he was talking about like what Undertaker accomplished in WWF and WWE. Like that, I was pretty shocked by that. Wow, I guess the guy is not going to see now at all. I wow. mean, for him to bring up, you know, his his old uh, his old uh, Monik. I mean, that's kind of wow. That's that's surprising because you you would never expect somebody like that to mention something of that name again because he'd usually be the guy who would say all right hey don't mention that don't say that you know he's the guy who calls the shots well i mean ever since the panda bear beat him i don't think we ever had a mention of wwf by name ever again no so i I don't know i didn't think they were legally allowed to um i know I know there was a change, like they weren't, they don't have to like blur out the DVDs anymore and stuff, but may, maybe they're allowed to mention it now. I, I don't know, but yeah, so that was surprising. No, that was definitely uh, wow. I'm surprised I, ne- I didn't, I didn't catch that. Surprise. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, do you have a rating for Bragging Rights 2020? Uh, I give this a a D minus. Jeez. Um, actually, you know what? I'll probably give D plus because obviously this wasn't all about the traditional Survivor Series teams. This wasn't about the matches. This was all leading up to the farewell of the Undertaker. That's what everybody was looking forward to. Because I'll be honest with you, I wasn't looking forward to this pay per view. I didn't even want to review it. But you know, Pro Wrestle's own podcast. You know, we got to go to our you know duties. So. You know, I've, um, been re- I've been reviewing modern pay-per-views for years. You think I enjoy doing it? No. Hey, hey. I actually oh, stopped. I, I stopped doing it. I was so sick of it. But I, I was going to say a D-plus as well. Um, yeah, it's not it's not F territory. 
but it's not far off. Like, I mean, with the exception of maybe like one or two good matches, um, probably like New Day and Street Profits, um, and maybe the WWE versus Universal Championship match. Other than that, uh, this pay per view was a disaster. Some of the storylines weren't, you know, no build up. They didn't make no sense because the way I see it, like I said, if you were to build up somebody like Biggie, have them part of the SmackDown Survivor Series team, you have this big group who's supposed to run over, you know, WWE with the retribution, and yet they're still <laughs> not on a pay per view card, <laughs> which makes no damn sense to me. And uh, then, and, and then the fact that, uh, you know, you have Lana sitting on steel steps, and you consider her a sole survivor. Fuck that. I would have counted her out, too. She's outside the ring. I would have counted all three of them out. Fuck that. I mean, obviously, that's not how it goes. But. And then the fact that where are you know, certain key superstars who could have been a part of this pay-per-view that possibly could have saved this pay-per-view from going down into the brag and rights category. Where is Big E? Obviously, Brian wasn't a part of this Survivor Series team because he literally got kicked out by Jey Uso. He could have been a good fit. Yeah. Would have been a nice build for Big E how much the retribution sucks it would have made sense to have them versus the hurt business in a traditional four-on-four survivor series match um and then another key guy who probably could have been a part of this survivor series is the guy who just lost the wwe championship on monday where's randy orton well i thought he was going to make it like an interference or something yeah, that's what I was thinking. You know, I was waiting for that. And then the farewell, like, okay, I knew this was going to be the farewell, but obviously everybody had that intention. Like, is this really your farewell? Are you sure you're not just doing this for shit and giggles? Because as soon as the lights dimmered down, he did his pose, the Paul, ha- the Paul Bear hologram showed up. I was expecting, like, the fiend. I was expecting red lights. You know, oh, it would have dimmered down to the blue to red lights. Oh, you know, man. Bray would have came in there. You know, that would have been a good angle leading up to probably next year's WrestleMania, if anything. Or maybe I, I would uh, rather. Or, maybe, or, or probably, maybe Randy Orton. You know, Randy Orton coming out of nowhere, RKO and The Undertaker. You know. I would rather shoot myself in the head. Then watch The Fiend versus The Undertaker. But, you know what? Now that I think about this, now that Randy Orton now considers himself not only the legend killer now, but the legend, it would have made a lot of sense to lead Orton versus Undertaker to WrestleMania. That would have been the farewell match for Undertaker, and that would have been a way of maybe solidifying of maybe like passing a torch of like, hey, you're a legend now. You know, I'm passing the torch. Yeah, I, I just wanted this to be it. I don't want another Undertaker match. Um, 
Yeah, I I did not like the Boneyard match at all. Oh, I was one of the few that didn't like it. I don't like cinematic matches. So, yeah, if that's how he's going to go out, that's fine, though. But would you say this pay-per-view was worse than the horror show? Um, hmm. I don't know. I mean, they were pretty... I mean, they match up pretty equally, but... I would, I would probably have to say, you know what? I still can't get over that fucking eyeball spot with Rey Mysterio <laughs> and the and the swamp match. But I tell you what, I think the matches were better on Extreme Rules than they were at Survivor Series. So that's sad. That's sad. If I have to, you know, I, I'd probably have to give it to Sir. I'd probably have to give it to Extreme Rules as being like the better matches, but. When it comes to, like, Survivor Series, the only thing we cared about was just watching The Undertaker. Just, you know, riding his motorcycle off into the sunset. Yeah. Oh, God. You have any final thoughts? Uh, Final thoughts? Okay. First of all, I'm not sure if you've seen this, but fuck that new Undertaker slash Snoop Dogg clothing line on WWEshop.com. I just think that's horrible. What? All right, so there's new T-shirts where they basically have Undertaker teaming up with Snoop Dogg, and, and they're basically like, you know, why? I, mean, I, yeah, I have no idea. It, I'm looking it's stupid. It up. You know, I mean, obviously that's Sasha Banks' uh, cousin or whatever. They have some yeah. relation, but cousin, that, yeah. Yeah, that sucks. But Final thoughts. Um, by the way, this whole farewell turned out to be. I said this last night thinking to myself. I was like, okay, my childhood is officially dead for <laughs> wrestling. No, 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 no. I'm serious. I, I'm serious with an all serious matter. Okay. Because when I started watching wrestling, obviously for the SmackDown brand, there were six guys. There was Kurt Angle, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, uh, The Undertaker, Rey Mysterio, and John Cena. Um, obviously, Cena's retired. Uh, we had the tragic deaths of Guerrero and Benoit. Um, Kurt Angle's retired. Mysterio's still around, but he's not that top-tier talent that he used to be, as he's obviously passing the torch down to his son now. And Undertaker is finally gone. We can finally say that. Like, The Undertaker is officially done. He's hung up the boots. And I got to give him credit. Because if it wasn't for those six guys, I wouldn't be watching wrestling. I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you about Survivor Series. I wouldn't be sitting here, you know, I wouldn't be going to all these wrestling shows or conventions, meet and greets. None of that. So, and... WrestleMania 20 was my first pay-per-view I ever watched. And the one thing when I was a kid that I was looking forward to that night was not only the triple threat match, but the Undertaker's return against Kane. I did. I enjoyed that video package. I loved the whole lead-up. Even though Undertaker didn't want to return to that dead man gimmick. I loved the fact that they had Paul Bear return as, as his manager. Um, yeah. 
it was great just seeing him walk down the ramp March 14th of 2004. And, you know, that real, that pay-per-view solidified my childhood and watching professional wrestling. So if it wasn't for those six guys, like, wrestling wouldn't exist in my daily lifestyle. So. Yeah, I blame Disney for ruining my childhood, but that's a different... That's not wrestling related. So, um, yeah, I saw the Undertaker Snoop Dogg t-shirts. That's that's retarded. Like, why? Like, it looks like a joke. Like, I honestly would have thought this was a joke. Oh my god, nothing but a thing. Oh god. Like, look at this. Look at this. Hold on. I'm gonna show you guys this one. This one's fucking. What the hell is that? Like, look at that shit. It looks like a joke. Oh, my God. <laughs> son of a bitch. This is just... Why? Why? They have nothing to do with one another. That's like putting oh. pineapple on pizza. It's not allowed. It. Th- they have nothing to do with each other. I mean... Yeah. You're right on that. Anyway, guys. I think we're going to sign off from here. So... Social media-wise, you guys know where to find me, but I'm going to let DVD freak over first before I make the uh, the end credits here. <laughs> um, I get lazier and lazier every time I do this. Type in the DVD freak. You'll pretty much find me anywhere. And, of course, guys, you can find me on any form of social media. But if you guys want to catch my videos, check me out at DanTheBeast94 on YouTube. So be sure to hit that subscribe button. Especially if you're going to be watching my videos and you're not subscribed. Uh, what are you doing? Hit that button and be sure to subscribe to the Pro Wrestle Zone podcast. Until next time, guys. Signing off. Have a good night.